Looking for Love in All the Wrong Dust Jackets, a podcast where three fantastic friends from college up here in the Midwest talk about romance novels all the way from Jane Austen up to, you know, some tentacle romance or whatever. My name is Liz. I'm Danny. And I'm Wiggles. And welcome to the show. Oh, gosh, we're back here again, everyone. How's everybody doing this fine, whatever hell day it is? It's a day where we're alive, and that's true. Thing. We are alive. That's about all that can be said for this day, but it's fine. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. We're about to make the day better, because we're going to talk about funny books. And as we get in today, uh, we just want to remind everyone that we are a little rough around the edges, meaning we're going to swear at you, not at you, with you. We're swearing together. It's true. We're swearing next to you in your ears. It may not be ladylike, but I will enunciate it like a fucking lady, so let's do this. <laughs> God damn it, <laughs> Okay, and obviously we are talking about uh, romance novels, which means that we're going to have spoilers. So as much as I would love to say that we'll be like a spoiler tier thing, I know us, we're going to get far too far in this podcast and be like, oh shit, that was a spoiler. So just be warned. There's going to be a spoiler for the entire book we're talking about today. And the book we're talking about today is, Danny, this came from you. It is called Deceived by the Gargoyles by Lillian Lark. Lillian Lark. You're responsible for this. Oh, I'm entirely responsible for this, and I have no shame. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I am so excited to talk about this now. But before we get into what we're talking about today, I think we should probably get into what we've been reading or consuming, not just reading, um, in any sort of genre. So, I don't know, Wiggles, maybe you want to start us off? <laughs> the face on the call, on the Zoom call says no. <laughs> Danny? No? <laughs> no? I don't. Uh, <laughs> I haven't really been reading anything except for this book, obviously, but I did start House of the Dragon on HBO. Mm. And I very much like it. Um, I am an uber nerd. I am also a giant Whovian. And Matt Smith being in there made me go, oh, Matt Smith. And then it started and I went, oh, Matt Smith. I, I can't decide if I like him. His character's a bit of a dick, but he's still my Maddie boy. And you get to see his ass. And I do get to see his ass. I have seen a lot of Matt Smith now. Not his normal character. I'm enjoying it, though. It's really good so far. I can go next. I have been failing miserably at reading The Lifeguards by Amanda Air Ward because I got distracted by reading all of the Ice Planet Barbarian novellas by Ruby Dixon. And by all, I mean, I think I've read the first eight and a half, like I'm almost done with number nine. And I also, just because the nerdy me has to talk about it, a lot of my reading time has been spent reading the new Power Rangers role-playing game book. Because I want to play it. I want to be a Power Ranger. Okay, that's all I got. So, I haven't re basically read anything except for this. Um, I've been struggle reading a small chapter at a time all the other books that I'm reading, trying, and, like, I just don't want to. I have no <laughs> motivation at this point. I used it all up. I did all my reading already, and now I'm fucked. Uh, it's kind of how I feel right now. Good times. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, Liz, I believe you have the rundown for today. Okay, so our author for Deceived by the Gar Gargoyles is Lillian Lark. She is from Salt Lake City, Utah. She is, I can't, I honestly don't know her age. She looks like uh, 30s-ish, uh, young to mid-30s. And not that age matters. I just 
was surprised when I saw her and I was like, oh my God, you look like me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She's a cat mom like me. And uh, she writes a lot of like paranormal romances, monster romances. Um, Her first, like I think true monster romance, like not werewolf or anything like that is Stalked by the Kraken. Um, Also a very good book, just saying. I haven't read it, but I want to. That's really good. She is an indie publisher. And cool thing about her is she actually does her own cover art. So like the drawn, like hand drawn ish for uh, cover art for this book, she actually did. So it's kind of cool. And she's actually got a decent following on TikTok um, at Lillian Lark author. I think her TikTok's kind of really cool because she does a lot of reviews or a lot of, if you like this trope or this style of book, here's a bunch. And yes, she does promote hmm. her books, obviously, who wouldn't? Well, who wouldn't? That's but how she, you do. Yeah, but she has a lot of like, okay, if you like, I don't know, found families in your romance books, like here's five of them. One will be hers, but then there's four that aren't. And so that's really kind of cool. What was her TikTok handle again? Lillian Lark Author. Okay. I would I'll check, check it, out. it out. And also respect to indie authors because that's not just knowing how it's to be an life. author. It's how to do the whole thing. Yep. Yeah. They are like a company in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So that is that portion of what we're talking about. So, deceived by the gargoyle. How deceived were you? Not very. She like <laughs> put it in the beginning. I mean, it's true. I, I'm. It wasn't like the best deception. Gotta say, like the whole time they're like, "Ooh, I'm the tricky one." <laughs> okay. Okay, Betty. If that's what you wanna, if that's what you wanna believe, honey, you're fine. Um, you're so tricksy. <laughs> <laughs> so I do want to just put this out there. It's actually from Lillian Lark's website. She has content warnings, and I figure if she's putting these out there, we should probably touch on them too. So content warnings from the author, body shaming, stalking by the villain, family estrangement, Mm -hmm. lying, and deception within an open relationship. Those are the content warnings. She also has tropes out there, like she lists the tropes in this book. I mean, her website is really helpful if you're looking to check this book out. She tells you everything you need to know. I think for some people, they do like purchase books based on tropes. Yeah, they really do. They're like, oh, absolutely. I love the friends to lovers trope. I got to read all of it. It's my crack. And I'm like, good on you because I like certain tropes, but I could never be like, I'm going to read that same trope over and over again. Oh, yeah. No, I can't read the same trope over and over again. I do love an enemies to lovers thing. I love an enemies to lovers. (sighs) Give me an enemies to lovers and I'm a happy goddamn gal. Especially if it's an enemies to lovers where like, Neither one of them is truly the bad guy, but they're both the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, those oh, yeah. are my favorite. The gray area ones where I'm like, ah, <laughs> give it to me. It's toxic and I love it. I can't help it. Um, toxic uh, and I love it. All right. So a basic synopsis of the book is that there's a girl. She has a, she's had terrible luck with men. She has a really toxic family. Goes to a witch who runs a bathhouse and a a sexy bathhouse. I like the bathhouse. Read the Kraken one, seriously. But basically, she's a matchmaker. She gets matched with a man named Elliot. She starts dating him. She really likes him. As it turns out, (laughs) Elliot has mates. Two of them. (laughs) Two lovely male mates. He wants to join the clan, and he is a gargoyle. He wants her to join Mm -hmm. the clan. It's so good. It's so spicy. 
Oh my gosh, yeah. That's yeah. that that's what yeah. happens. In the meanwhile, she's being stalked by an ex who Fuck that guy. Oh god, fuck that guy so hard. Not in a good way. Oh yeah, don't fuck that guy. Oh like, yeah, you know, fuck that guy. Fuck him over. Fuck um, that guy. But yeah, he's stalking her because he he basically wants her family connections. Her family is really high up in like the witch community and she didn't like him at all because he lacked common decency on yeah. their first date. Like he didn't even try. I think this was the guy that spent their entire first date just scrolling on his phone. Yeah, she literally called him scroller, scroller. <laughs> saved in his phone as You'd scroller. be shocked. You would be shocked at how frequent shit like that happens. Oh my god, it's stupid. I hate dating. That is the backstory of Grace, who is having shit luck, shit luck in her love life, which I get. Like, yeah, absolutely. I have shit luck in my life. Love life. That's why I stopped dating. But I think that's the thing that makes Grace as appealing as she is. It's because she has that relatable factor. Like, she didn't just, like, oh, poof, this guy fell out of the sky and now I'm happy. Like, she's dealing with all the same bullshit that the rest of mm-hmm. us are dealing with. I mean, I kid you not. I had a guy give me his phone number and be like, text me and we'll go out. And then he fucking ghosted me. That happened this fucking weekend. And I was like, why are you wasting my fucking time? Like, what was he hoping to get out of that? Or was he just like blasting girls to see who'd respond and you just didn't respond like as fast as somebody else? I have no fucking idea. But I was just like, why? What was the point of this? So then grace decides right to go to this bathhouse we talked about which to be honest sounds like a fun time oh yeah Um, it really does (laughs) the payment for the for the matchmaking is for them to have a lovemaking session in the bathhouse because it's sex magic y'all and like i know you don't get this but this is the running inside joke i literally have a sign (laughs) that wiggles painted at the front of my house that says ask before performing sex magic (laughs) it's true Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, I might be remembering this wrong, but, like, that's only assuming the match is successful, right? Yes. Right, so you don't have to fuck somebody that you didn't like. It's just, like, if it worked out, hey, you know, pay us back in some sex. But it is a magical matchmaker, so literally the woman who does the matchmaking... Match... Matchmaking. Matchmaking. (laughs) Well, I worked halfway through the second one, sorry. Matchmaking. Literally the woman who does the matchmaking... Is a witch, and that's her magic. Is she? She can see people's cords and see how they reach for each other and everything. Would you go to a matchmaker if there was one, Danny? A magic one? Like, yeah, like one that actually could do it and wasn't just some like somebody who's profiting off of other people's loneliness. Yeah, yeah, I would. Same. Anyway, I just had to had to, I, had to get that I answer. Wanna give my answer. <laughs> You are not single. Would you go to a matchmaker? Yeah, if I was single, I would. (laughs) If you were single, yes. Yeah. (laughs) I just felt left out. I'm sorry. Liz, if you were single, would you go to a matchmaker? Yes. Yes. (laughs) You found him on your own, though. I know, but we didn't get to have sexy magic time. It's true. I mean, don't you, though? Like, isn't that his whole thing? Is the sex magic? Look, I'm not doing Alistair Crowley sex magic, okay? I I want the magic that's in this book, not like... (laughs) Something. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. 
He's gonna hear this and he's gonna be like, shut the fuck up. My husband? <laughs> Have you met my husband? <laughs> yeah. That's not gonna be his response. <laughs> he's gonna be absolutely not. He's gonna be on the floor laughing. <laughs> or he's gonna be like, well, why didn't you explain to them very specifically that like Alistair yes, Crowley sex magic I mean. is... <laughs> yes. That's yes, my husband. That is what I mean. That is what I mean. I'm just envisioning good happy. I'm just now envisioning him listening to this and going, I don't need to know these things about my sister. Look, you bought I'm this hard. ticket. You're on this ride now. <laughs> I was pulled into this ride. That needs to be like our, our little memo line. Like, you bought this ticket. You're on this ride. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. 10 out of 10 approval. <laughs> so... I will point out one thing that we have completely skipped over is Grace is a witch. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Skipped oh, yeah. over that. I mean, it It barely has an impact in the story. True. I mean, it does, but well, you can tell the exact same it, story without her being a I'll witch. I'll start talking about, you know, it's nice that she's really passionate about her career and explain her career and that she's a witch then. I want her career, man. I fucking know. That is my dream job. Wiggles, that has to be your dream job. You thought about being a librarian at one point in time. I mean, was the sex sexy in this book? Yeah. But was her job sexier? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know about sexier. Oh, it was sexier. Can you imagine reading people's, like, love letters and shit? Tell me that shit ain't. Oh. Or, like, getting the essence out of somebody's, like, long-lost, like letter sent home like i would be bawling all the time because i would be using this power on fucking everything it's like she has a permanent identify spell up except it's like the emotions of the paper Mm -hmm. and the history Mm -hmm. of it and she can kind of like at one point she's like revealing the secrets of this um plan for a building or something like that and it's got a secondary plan that's magic within it and so she also can like Figure out the secrets of the documents she's touching. What are you talking? I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean you don't know what I'm talking about? That wasn't in the book. I don't think that's in the book. Yes, it was. I don't think it was. Yes, it is. Oh my God. I'm so mad right now. (laughs) I read it yesterday, Wiggles. I read the book yesterday again. I know what I read. I I did not imagine this. I mean, she went. She gets. She gets a document from this really power. She gets this, these series of documents at the beginning of the book from this very powerful guy who is a client of hers all the time. And he sends in plans for this building and she's reading it early on and she finds a secret like magic floor thing. I swear to you, I am not making this shit up. How far do I have to I gotta go to find this? Well, it would be after the matchmaker, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's like probably even in the first fucking chapter, honestly. No, because she's at the matchmaker for the first chapter. Yeah, that's when she goes and sees Rose, is it? Rose. Yeah, Rose. The matchmaker's name is Rose Love. Can I just say this? And we can cut this out. I flippin' hate cutesy names. (laughs) I hate them. I'm not here for it. (laughs) It's just, it's her family's last name. To be fair, love is a legit last name and lo- and Rose is a legit first name, but it's just like Rose Love. Ugh. Ugh. I fucking hate it. She's the one in the first book. Wait, she's the one? She's the one with the Kraken. Okay. Wiggles, I swear to God, this is not in this book. It is! Uh, you're making me feel crazy. 
To be fair, I haven't read it in a hot minute, but... I read it yesterday and I don't remember that. It's there. And I you just need to find it. They don't it. spend that much time with her down in her lab or anything during the book. No. Like, they just do the first one, which she talks about, again, she does talk about the documents from the, like, from the regular customer and everything, but it, I think it's like a, a grimoire that she is looking through. It's like a family passed down spell book that she gets the essences from. I don't remember. Anyway, it's not important. It's important to I me. I don't think now. she's going to move forward until she knows whether or not this is going to There is a lot of like her referencing the buildings and the carvings and stuff. But and that's getting all stuff that the gargoyles made. Exactly. I don't know what this magic secret situation is. I unroll the blueprint and my brows pinch together as I try to decipher the design. The delicately scrawled drawing seems yeah. to be the layout of a citadel. And then, until I hit a detail, like a snag, a tapestry of information unravels. A secret, a level hidden by magic. Listen. Okay. Boom! Obviously, we didn't pay attention to that part because the gargoyles hadn't shown up yet and the sex hadn't started and we were trying to Remember get to Remember when a point. I said her job? Remember when I said her job was sexier than the sex? <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Anyway. So, yes. Her job is amazing and we love it. Also, I really appreciate she has a very, very good friend that she also works with. We've talked about that, is that sometimes romance heroines don't really have friends. That is not the case in this book. She has an amazing friend. I love her so much. Amelia, is that correct? Is that her name? I think so. I did really like her. The only thing I didn't like was specifically this one thing. And this is something that a lot of authors do. It's not limited to this genre at all. But it's like, if you create the secondary character, their value is in them specifically having the missing puzzle piece that will make things easier for the main character. And so an example of this is, note to self, ask Amelia what lipstick I should wear with my green outfit. My best friend, fellow librarian extraordinaire, has an uncanny eye for color matching, even if she keeps her own clothing choices monochromatic. I hate that. It's one of my biggest pet peeves because it's like, I get that you are trying to say that they are well suited to each other, but I don't, I don't see a good friendship as, oh, I can provide something for you that you are lacking, but rather that we, between the two of us, are a good team, even if we don't have the skill set that would work. I just, uh, just, uh, especially because it doesn't actually add anything to the story because you could literally still have, I want to check my my outfit with my best friend. That would be a legit thing to do on any date. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. And and if you are going to include that, if she is so uncanny at color matching, then that should come up later on in the book. It should be a skill set that like other people admire about her, not just you, not just the main character. Maybe it cuz okay. the next book in the series is about her, so maybe it has something to do with setting up her character for the future, but obviously that doesn't help the reading of this book. Correct. Yeah. Should we move on to our main men? Surely. <laughs> first man she meets is elliot he is the one who deceives her basically he the deceiver. the deceiver um basically he goes because he saw her to begin with he saw her before she was even at the matchmaker and was like boom that's what i want 
But he, he kind of like fiddled with things a little bit and got the matched, not letting her know that with him comes the other two. Yeah, and... Right. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm not a big fan of their introduction because it, it's a very zero to 60 moment. If you think about it, it makes sense. Like all the bad dates she's been on, she finally gets a good one. Of course, she's going to go like all in. Yeah. Maybe I wish they would have described that a little bit more in the book. But that's neither here nor there. What do y'all think of Elliot? Do you like him as a... He's kind of the main romantic intro love interest. We all have our... He is and he isn't. He is and he isn't. Yeah. We all have our favorites. He is not mm-hmm. mine. I like him, but he's not my favorite. He, the thing I don't like about Elliot is that he is one character in the first part of the book and an entirely different one in the second half of the book. His entire essence is confidence and um, charisma and, and dominance in the first half of the book. And in the second, he's like a lapdog. Yeah, but it could be said also that that is the part that he shows the rest of the world. And that's what I got out of it is I I get what you're saying as far as like his persona that he puts out there is this like highly charismatic uh, individual. But behind all of that is this kind of lost man who, who's still trying to kind of come to terms with himself. But that is his character is like, I'm going to show you this, super charismatic, like, confident person, but that's certainly not who I am. Exactly. See, and that's the thing, I would be just fine with that if at any point, like, in the interactions that he's having with her, they recognize that. They're like, hey, by the way, this person that you fell in love with is not me. And that never happens. It's just... Oh, well, you only saw one side of me, and this is the um, side of me that you will only ever see from here on out. It's very much a bait and switch. If you want to talk about the deception, that's the biggest one to me. Because if you've ever been on a date with somebody, or, or, or been around somebody, it could be a friend, it doesn't have to be romantic, but like you've been around somebody who is one person in public, and then in private switches, that makes me very uncomfortable. Like, that shows a lack of authenticity to me. And it's it's not the same thing as, like, oh, I'm just not as comfortable in public. It is, I am an entirely different person in public. I get what you're saying. I do think you can see his confidence come back once they, like, because they go from him being confident, but he's in his, so uh, they have human glamours, and he feels very comfortable in that. And then he becomes more comfortable in his true gargoyle self but that's a very kind of like shy timid thing and he is like if we're using like alpha beta or dom sub like he is the beta or the sub of his like male relationships absolutely he definitely pulls that confidence back in certain parts oh yeah like when we get to the later part with the sex Uh Uh when she and elliot are having the sex uh-huh. And then Alistair comes in, and Elliot's the one who planned the interruption. Is that how you say his name? Alistair. Sorry, I don't yes. need to interrupt. No, it's fine. Okay. It's just spelt weird? It has a D instead of a T, so it could be Alistar. Alistair. 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 I want to say Alistair. Alistair because is how I... <laughs> sure it's just easy. 
I was just like, uh, that bothered me the entire time. I felt like I was going to have a Hermione, Hermione moment. <laughs> Alistair. So on the note of that, Alistair, mm. what do y'all think about him? Alistair's my favorite. It's not mine. Not mine. <laughs> what can I say? I like him dark and broody. I normally do. He is just, like, I liked him up until he became very alpha. And I'm just like, bro, you need to back off. <laughs> That is literally like a alpha. note that I have here. When we first, like, hear the alpha thing, I, I think I said something, like, out loud, I said, oh, fuck. We went this long without saying alpha, and you just had to throw it out there, and now we've got to deal with it for the rest of the book. He doesn't pull it very often, though. It's it's very much a circumstance thing. And that's why I liked him up until that came out. I was just like, I liked this whole like actual romantic relationship that Grace and Alistair were building because like if we go through their relationships, she meets Elliot and it's the classic like, oh, we just get along so well and we love spending time together. Um, And then she meets Broderick and it's the very much like, you want to have sex now, please? Hello. (laughs) Which is why he's my favorite. Um... (laughs) And then it's Alistair's like, but what if we just spend time together and we read and we cuddle on the couch? And I'm like, that sounds lovely. And then you're kind of like Alpha, Dami, which I have nothing against that. I just don't like, I just went a little bit too far into like the Omega universe. Like I'm the Alpha shit. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead, but especially when it got to the one where all three the first one where all three were involved and I was like, you ruined this whole scene for me. God damn it. Yeah. It just irks me. (laughs) So if you haven't picked up on what we're talking about by now, there are three males and one female. Gargoyles. Female gargoyles, (laughs) one female witch. They all end up together. Mm -hmm. Now you know. Mm -hmm. And the males are also mated to each other. Well, Well, kind kind of. of. Alistair and Broderick are both mated to Elliot. But they are not mated to each other. But they are not mated to each other. In a love other. pyramid. Not a love triangle. A love pyramid. And then they they all end up mated to Grace. Yes. Yeah. Um, so my, my opinion about Alistair, honestly, like, he almost was my, my go-to, which is one of my favorite things is when two people are, like, clearly falling for each other. But neither one of them can see it. Like, they're convinced that the other person is like, no, you're a pile of shit, and I think you should die. Um, (laughs) So I was like, oh, he's going to be the one that I'm like, yeah. And then there were just a few things like that, just like these little things, like the alpha thing, and um, in my opinion, the mishandling of the letters thing, that just sort of made me go, eh. Take it or leave it. And bear in mind, these are all just our opinions. I fucking love yeah. Alistair. He's my favorite. Well, and that's <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I And I think that's the fun thing about this type of book. And also Absolutely. something that they explore a little bit with from Grace's perspective is like each male has something yep. that's different. Well, because mm-hmm. Grace makes the list... She made a list of all of the all of the points that she really wanted in her perfect guy. And she said this to her friend that, you know, half would make her happy in one guy. Like, you know, it would be more than mm-hmm. than enough. But really, all three of them together tick off everything on her list. I just want to talk about Broderick. Because I all right, to, let's, um, let's, let's talk, talk about Broderick <laughs> because he's let's both of your favorite. One. 
Well, okay, but here's the thing. Like, one of the things that we haven't talked about yet is that this is a plus-size character. Correct. That is true. And goddamn, I love a plus-size character. Oh, me too. Thank you. Yes. Yes. And she has crazy fashion, and I'm here for it. Yeah, so that is something, is she, like, almost uses her fashion sense, and uh, I guess in the book, maybe they, like, or people have claimed to her or said to this main character, like, you're overdressing or anything like that. But she obviously uses it as her shield, in At a one sense. point, they say it's her armor. And as somebody who has done that, I feel that. Mm-hmm. Like, as somebody who used mm-hmm. to have to pull on a full face of makeup to go to the gym and sweat it all off, like, I get it. Well, and the reason I bring that up now when we're about to talk about Broderick is the way that he interacts with her, describes her, talks to her, those are things that frequently plus-size characters do not get that treatment. They just don't. And so when he's like immediately like, oh, I would like that and I would like it on a bun, please. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, It's and is like immediately can't keep his hands off of her. I'm just like, oh, God, I it's so frustrating when the first thing people see about you is your weight, not your body, Mm -hmm. not you. Not even, like, what you put on your body, but the fact that you are not skinny. And that immediately is a turn-off for a lot of people. And I'm not, like, have your preferences, whatever. But, like, to have a plus-size character be treated like she was the sexiest thing in the whole world was chef's kiss. I think the other thing I liked about it is while they brought up her weight, they brought, uh, sorry, the author, like, in talking about her insecurities, also brought up a lot of other things that her family put on her. So it wasn't like, this is a defining thing about the character. It's just another thing on the list. Yeah, she it's is plus size. Mm-hmm. Another thing that her mother dug in on. Right. Yeah. And but the, not the only thing. No. Because I feel like that happens a lot with curvy or plus size characters. And then all of a sudden, it's like every other paragraph, they're talking about that. Yes. Yes. It becomes like a defining thing. And that is not mm-hmm. a defining thing for Grace. It's mentioned. Yeah. But... It's mentioned as an insecurity, as, you know, her using her fashion sense as a shield against people. And her dates commented on it and everything when they're talking about how horrible her old dates were, because they were terrible. But for the most part, especially when it comes to the men, it's not really acknowledged because they don't see a difference. They see her as gorgeous, and that's what she is. And the author doesn't bring it up a lot. Like, that's what I love is, yes, once in a while they will, like... Grace will have a thought of like, oh, I'm, I feel insecure because of my size or something like that, which mm-hmm. been there, done that, lived that. I just Still love, do. Yeah, yeah, same. I just love that it's not like constantly brought mm-hmm. up. It's like it's there, but it's not the main attraction here. It's a thing, but it's not a defining exactly. thing of her character. So I really, really, really enjoy how she wrote that type of a character. Absolutely. Sorry, back to Broderick. Broderick. Oh my God. Broderick. The first sex scene you get from Grace's perspective with all of the boys is with Broderick. And maybe that's why I love him so much. But goddamn, that was hot. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. It was, I needed a fan. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about the actual sex scene? Oh, or are you talking about the... I'm talking about, about the, the hall interaction. That was... the hall interaction. The hall. Oh, oh. my goodness. I was like, oh, so we're doing this. Okay, okay. Okay, so we're doing this. So, Grace 
not walks in on, but can kind of accidentally see Alistair and Elliot having a moment. So I guess that's actually the second sex scene. Um, so then the third one is while that's happening, Broderick kind of like sneaks up on her and it's just like, what you doing here, Grace? And he's like, do you want to, do you want me to help you with what you've got going on? Mm-hmm. And, um, need me to scratch an itch for you? Mm-hmm. And boy, does he. Yes, please, mister. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. uh-huh. Basically, he eats her out in the hallway while the other two are getting dirty in the other room. And it's good. It's, it's a good scene. It's tantalizing without going, like, super hard into a full-blown sex relationship. Because they're not, I mean, she just met him at that point. Her stalker broke into her apartment, fucked some shit up. She was scared to stay the night, so she went and stayed with the boys while the security were fixing her apartment. It was the first night she met them. And then the next day, Roderick comes to help fix the door that That Alistair broke when he he went in to, like, check on her. He heard her scream, and so his immediate thing was to just bash into the door. Which, that's fair. Which, great. Blood yeah, perfect. Scream. She was literally being attacked by, like, zombified bu- uh, birds. Well, and I think it's really interesting, the use of magic in this book, because it seems to exclusively be obstacles, with the exception of Gracie's, like, ability to read these documents, right? Like, it's just like, oh, um, fuck your shit with some magic. It's... Used in, like, the healing self, she has a oh, birth yeah, control, like, amulet. amulet. Yeah. So there's, like, some protection magic. There's some... It's written very much as magic is an everyday thing. I feel like, you know, without being over the top. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and you have to imagine that it's also not an all-consuming thing, because, mm-hmm. like, her magic is relatively restricted. Yeah. They talk about it a few times in the book. Like, she can't do a whole lot. Yeah. But she comes from an, like, I'm going to say ancient. I don't know if it's actually ancient, but like a long lineage of witches. I think it's something that exists and is useful, but it's not like, I'm going to wave my wand and just like clean the dishes. Yeah, exactly. Which is the one I want. But yeah, so the whole scene happens like the day she met Broad. Well, no, she met him in the building, but... Mm-hmm. They had dinner together that night. Alistair was rude. Without realizing he was, he didn't. it didn't click to him that he was being rude. She left. He went to apologize. That's when... He's just a big flirt. Okay, so, like, this is one of the Broderick lines that took me out. He goes... Oh, yes, please, tell me. <laughs> he goes, oh, naughty Gracie, have you been reading fan fiction? Broderick teases... But very good. Yeah, we have not. I, like, practically threw my Kindle across. <laughs> I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That's like, just, no. the problem with that line is it's calling the reader out. Yes. I know. I was like, this is very It meta. called me out hard. It's like, what? However, I will, since we've talked, we just mentioned the elephant in the room. I didn't know what that was until I read this book, which wasn't a problem. The problem was, as I spent the entire book trying to figure out what the fuck it was. <laughs> For real? Look at, like, yeah. I, I was trying to figure out how they, like, how their penises worked. <laughs> I was like, I get that it gets stuck because it swells, but, like, what does it look like? <laughs> I don't know what to do with that, so I'm going to move past it. Um <laughs> Just to, to acknowledge that, yes, the, apparently I do have shame, so I'm a shocker. Um, <laughs> the, 
Gargoyles have knots on the end of their penises that if they really want to, they will push completely inside. It is a swelling at the base of the penis and that holds the person to I them. Just, like, I still don't understand the physics of this. Okay. Dogs have them. I thought, okay, that's fine. <laughs> like, I know that dogs get stuck. I already knew that. Yes. But like... It's the same I, concept. I just... I just... But like, why? Though? I don't understand <laughs> how you would be attracted to that if you don't have at least a little bit of a breeding kink. And maybe that's my thing. So like, there is breeding kink in this. I'm not into that. And I'm just like, in my mind, you can only stretch the vagina so far before it's not pleasurable. And like, it didn't sound pleasurable no. when that was <laughs> happening. No. Well, you get you get a lot of this shit in like the the werewolf romances too, mm-hmm. and so that's why I was at at the least surprised. I was like, "Yep, uh, of course, why not?" Because gargoyles would obviously have have dog penises, <laughs> but like I, every single time I come across it, I'm like, I'm always a little bit disappointed. I'm like, "Do we have to do this again?" Okay, all right, and then and then it. I'm gonna. Just, I'm just gonna fucking say it, and then it'll be like, "Are you gonna take this knot?" <laughs> I, hate it so I will much. say that is that is absolutely something that brought me out of this book is how many flippin' times that was referenced. Yes, and I'm just like, see, and I kind of like the knot. I again, <laughs> I just envision it. Like I envision what that would feel like, and I'm sorry, it's not pleasurable. Well, but again, just because you like something. In fantasy, does not mean you want it in reality. Yes, uh, sure, I get that. I'm not yes. saying. I'm not, I, I, no, absolutely, I get no, that. But, but I wanted everything else, man. Like I want wings. I want somebody who can just like carry me around and fuck me wherever he wants to take me. <laughs> like I want the rest of it. And boy, they give her a library. Okay, so so Bitch, that Beauty and the Beast moment. Literally, okay. I I should you not immediately. I like I wrote down right here. I said. Get that bitch a library. Bitches love libraries. Bitches <laughs> love libraries. I love your notes to yourself, Wiggles. <laughs> I, I'm not reading. That's why I was like, I'm not reading these books any other way anymore. Because the notes that I thought were Our funny goal. to myself <laughs> get funnier to me with time. Because <laughs> then I read them out of context. And um, I'm like, oh, what's another one? Uh, on page 301, oh my star, your adorable lingering glances and extended touches during those reading sessions of yours are not seduction attempts. I was like, bitch called out. She <laughs> was. He called her out hard. Oh, also on the library one, I said, I think the line she has is they gave me a library. Consider me seduced. And I was like, same. <laughs> That's all Just same. 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 Like, just to go through the characters, and maybe this is why, like, I loved the beginning of the book, and then it kind of died off, is, like, she immediately is fucking Broderick. And I'm like, great. Love this. And then she has some fucking <laughs> scenes with Elliot. She has some fucking scenes, and also some, no, no, some fucking scenes. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, fine. He's fine. And then there's Alistair, and literally, like, God, I wanted to love that scene, in her like library study where Elliot's like seduced not seducing her but being like hey let's fuck on the couch unbeknownst to her is he had told Alistair hey come meet Gracie in the library at this time 
then Alistair walks on the, in on them <laughs> fucking. And that was Elliot's whole plan, to seduce him by fucking her. I'm like, this sounds great. Sounds amazing. And then it just, like, takes the wrong path. Man. Wrong path for you. I fucking loved the path it took. Exactly. That's the thing, is, like, there's, like, if you love breeding tropes. And I don't love breeding tropes, but this one is, like, she all along has said she wants to have children. She wants to create the family that she didn't have because her family suck. Mm-hmm. and they want to have children as well. Like, I like it because this is a thing that they mutually all want. They want to make a family. Yeah, I'm into that. I just don't want to hear things like, take my cum, fill me up, make a baby in you. Like, those are just not statements I want to hear. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm going to put my seed in you? Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, but I don't want to bitch about the sex scenes because a lot of the sex scenes I've maybe read like a couple of times because they were good. They were really good. They were hot and spicy, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, I I feel like we're talking a lot about the sex scenes, which is fine. And we should continue to do so. But I do also want to talk about love. (laughs) So first of all, um, I I marked (laughs) moments based on how many times I said stop it to the book. A few of those. And stop it. This is literally how it would go. Um, I'm going to give you a demonstration. I still of love the image of you throwing <clears throat> your Kindle. My lips twitch. That would make for a very cold winter. Alistair's eyes soften. We'd keep you warm. Elliot makes a sound in his throat. Is someone needy? Alistair asks. Yes. Elliot and I say in unison. And I was like, stop it. <laughs> stop it. No. No. You knock it off. Like, there's no good or no There's bad. no, there's no, like, there's no other way to say it. It's just, stop it. It's stop, no. stop it now. Okay. Um, or like, oh, okay. So, <laughs> this one literally t- took me out so bad that I had to put down the book for a few hours. I'm so mad. Um, let me uh, t- tell me when you hear the thing that made me mad, okay? Um, my arms wrap around his neck at the change in orientation, but Elliot doesn't stop sucking on my skin and laving my nipples. My skirts get pushed higher, and my bare pussy touches the skin of his corrugated core. Corrugated? Disgusting. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> That's just right. not... Like, Why? Why? I just can't help but think Disgusting. that he took some fucking corrugated cardboard and taped it to his chest. <laughs> you loved it. I don't hear any denials on that one. Liz <laughs> is fanning herself. I just, this is too much. It's just I got too one much. more. I got one more. <laughs> this one wasn't really a sex scene. It was just one that also made me go, no. Okay, you what is to, it? You need to end this right now. I press my body again. I pressed Grace's body against mine. The rejuvenating effects of my sleep and hunger to fill my mate. The woman I'm courting makes me eager. I need you. I kiss Grace's forehead. And you, I kiss Elliot's. And I suppose a helping hand would be welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I could not. That is because he like, is, is not mated to Broderick. I can't but... do this anymore. oh but the thing is is i will say the last sex Uh, scene which i think is technically the epilogue i was like that could have been longer you could have wrote more in the bathhouse yeah yeah well 
And one of the things that I did find interesting, though, that you can only get as an experience on Kindle is seeing the other, pl- like, if enough people highlight specific sections, it gets, like, noted in there. And, like, the- some of the ones that they highlighted, I was like, y'all yeah. need Jesus. Mm-hmm. In a probes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you thump your Bible at me. Leave me alone. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> one of my favorite parts of this book which was like the hidden gem that was only there for folks who ever watched the 90s gargoyles cartoon which is graham and eloise oh because that is fucking goliath and elisa i know i was like bitch i knew what you did basically the the three men were adopted essentially by a older well a set of older gargoyles and their human mate um, and that's who pretty much wrote, raised them, except for Elliot. He was taken in, I think, when he was, like, 18. Yeah, he grew up in an orphanage of, like, monstrous magical creatures yes. that couldn't, like, blend into the human world. Which is why he was pretty badly abused and stuff, and why he has a little bit of a tricksy hobbit nature inside. Anyway, sorry, I just showed my nerds <laughs> super hard. But yes, they. so one of them has passed on, one of the gargoyles has passed on. He is literally on the roof, solid stone. The other two, the Graham and Eloise, it's Eloise, isn't it? Eloise, correct. Graham and Eloise still live there with them and everything, and oh, they're so amazing. But they are absolutely Goliath and Elisa from the 90s Girl Book cartoon. Oh yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent, those characters. She is snarky and funny. I will literally never forgive the Graham character for putting this into my mind, or really the author for writing this, um, when he says, Elliot, you are a son to me. Be careful with my other sons. And I was like, bro, they fucking... (laughs) That's disgusting. You don't... Twilight vibes. He knows they're fucking. <laughs> it's they still. are. They are not blood. Re- they are not blood related. Uh, one of the things that cracks me up through the entire book is that they point out that gargoyles have quite heightened senses of smell and vision and all of that. So she gets excited around the men, and they can smell it. Well, Graham is also there. And so they're at dinner and they're like trying not to point it out for her, but it's very clearly hinted that like everybody in the room except for Eloise is well aware that she is hot and heavy for the boys. (laughs) I would rather die. I would rather die than have my in-laws be able to smell my fucking arousal. I would rather die. Well... Yes, that. But I'm just thinking from Graham's perspective, who's oh, like... Yeah. It seems yeah, to amuse him, but... I'm sure he's used to it. Like, it's not something that he is sniffing for the first time. <laughs> okay, it does make the question, though. Like, are they just, like, walking down the street smelling everybody's, like, hot and botheredness? Probably. <laughs> okay, before we, t- before we totally get away from the fucking... <laughs> we need to talk about... The use of the tail. Oh, I love the tail. Yes, we do. Honestly, I didn't mind the tail situation. I thought it was intriguing. Uh, The problem I had with it is that as soon as they all started getting together, the tail thing, like, went out the door. Like, no There's already a lot of going on. I don't care. (laughs) Like, they... They got also, like, on that same note, like, the first time Broderick and Grace are, like, 
actually going down to pound town it's made clear that bitch has some claws and yeah. i like i feel like they almost forget about that later in the book because there's some moments where i'm like no you're getting too close to putting that to places where it cannot be <laughs> i will agree they usually with you. say that they they're using their knuckle still you're gonna trust somebody with a fucking claw using their knuckle near i mean your probably not, not me, me. But I'm just saying that she does, like, make a conscious effort to say that, like, they're using their knuckle. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Elliot doesn't have them when he's in the glamour. I would like to take a quick True. pause and talk about this glamour. What kind of fucking high-level fucking rich polymorph fuck. shit is this guy doing that? He, it's not a glamour. He straight up changes forms with this thing on. Mm-hmm. Right. But they act like it's like he's in a cocoon. Like, his true form is in a cocoon. Right, because when he comes out of it, he's like, oh my god, I can stretch my wings. It feels great. You know what it reminded me of? And it definitely took out took me out of the sexy times. Um, Danny specifically will get this one. The Doctor Who episode where they, like, zip up into these government yep, officials. Yep. Yes. You know yeah, what they're I'm talking from Rex about. Sure. The yeah. Slavine. Yes! That's what they're called. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. their family name. It's the Slavine. And the planet is Rexcalica Felipatorius. I'm a nerd. Yeah, and so I was just like, that's how I pictured this existing in the world. Like, I was just sort of like, oh. <laughs> That's not how I pictured it at all. So thanks, I'm glad I didn't, because that would have... Because it ruins your sexy time yes, now, doesn't the it? the Slovene are not yeah. sexy. No. no. That is not what they're known for. Anyway, continue your inquiry, Liz. I have no fucking clue what it is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> Last I remember I was talking about the 90s Gargoyle cartoon show and like, now we're here. We are indeed here. Well, the other thing I like kept thinking the entire time was in Supernatural when the demons referred to their humans as meat suits. I was like, do these guys think of their... <laughs> Absolutely not, young lady. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, listen, I never said that I would make these more sexy. (laughs) I love you. Okay, so where, oh, the romances. Let's talk about the romances. How, okay, Mm -hmm. so Grace basically falls in love with Elliot almost immediately. Mm -hmm. Broderick, like, there isn't really a falling in love part. It's It's like a falling into lust, but also just like enjoying... She enjoys his company. He's got the teasing side yeah. that, that the other two don't really have. He's also an artist. And so he he has a little more artsy-fartsy shit. She just hangs out with him in, in his studio sometimes. Yeah, they have more of like a like a immediate friendship. Yeah. Like, they'd be fucking, but also they're like, hey, let's watch horror movies together. Yep. And I'm like, that's cool. I yeah, like, like she's having a that's bad day. He just went and chilled with her and watched a horror movie. It was fabulous. Then they fucked. I want some fucking, some casual art, and horror movies. Is that really so much? I don't think so. I can't imagine it is, but apparently. I got high standards. But, you know, like, there is a reason, though, that Broderick, I think, appeals in a way that Elliot and Alistair don't. And that's because sometimes being around somebody who is confident um, makes you feel confident. Yeah. You know? And so I think it I think it makes sense that they kind of immediately fall into bed because it it does seem to make Grace more confident in general. Agreed. And then there's my boy Alistair. 
who is the longing glances mm. across the ballroom the guy. Longing glances across the ballroom guy. He is in love with her. Yes. Before she even realizes it, he just can't articulate it. Which I get. Like, that makes him very relatable. I like the letter situation. So he, like, writes down what he wants to say to her, but never can. I like that. I think that's very realistic. Mm-hmm. I would, I could see myself doing something like that. And then they just like to cuddle. I really liked it, but I felt like they, um, I kept thinking that the author was going to make a better use of it. Like the after he's died-ish thing, like didn't really, I was sort of like, oh, that's sort of like. Uh, it made me ball uh, like a tool. But like, <laughs> it did not. I'm a like book that. crier. Uh, I can't help it. Book, movie. I, I, like, it's not, it's not a judgment on you crying about it. It's, it's a judgment for me on, like, I think the better time to have had a lot of those letters come out would be a moment where it would be a positive reaction, right? So she accidentally is, she's looking for him in his office or whatever and accidentally finds those letters and only finds the first one where he's basically like, I don't like you. I don't like your shit. Um, I don't like that you come sniffing around my boys because uh, I don't trust you. And that's the one she finds. And that then later on, after he's like died or what, slept, whatever, then reveal the rest of the letters he's been writing to her. That would have made it much more punchy to me. I think, though, if she would have found the first one, like, because if you remember, she's not just reading the words on the page. She's getting all the emotions behind it. And yeah. at that point, he wrote the first one because he didn't know how to interact with her. Mm-hmm. So I think she would have still felt that, like, desire to know her and, like, not necessarily love, but kind of a, a longing or, like, a... Mm-hmm wanting to be around her yeah because she feels the emotions coming off the paper it's not necessarily what was written it's about mm-hmm. the intentions written behind it and so she would have felt the, right. the wanting if for lack of a better way to put it yeah. on the first one anyway so i don't feel like she would have reacted quite as badly you know what i mean no and i don't i don't think it would have been the thing that where she's like I'm now going to break up with everybody. Like, I think that it just would have further pushed this idea that, like, I am not fitting in with this group. Like, we have to work to get along. And that's not what I want. I want to be a part of the entire group, right? And so I think that it would have sort of helped justify her concern that that she would never fit in there. You know what I I mean? Yeah. And it yeah. illustrates it in a really clean way. I get what you're saying. That yeah. makes sense. Should we move on to the non-romantic? She was stalked. Right. So she was stalked by Shithead McGee. Um, Theodore. And this kind of like keeps happening throughout the book. Theodore. <laughs> Theodore. And it drives her <laughs> like more into the gargoyles because they want to protect her. But also she's not safe at home. She's being stalked. A guy broke into her place. She needs a place to stay. She stays with them. Yeah, it kind of backfires on him on that way. Like, it really just drives her into their arms because she's trying to be really independent, but she's also scared. And so, like, she goes back home the day after her apartment's broken into, and she stays there that night, but she didn't sleep well, and she was scared, and so she asked if she could stay there then. And then shit, like, escalates with him. 
threw a monster fucker on her car. Yeah, he, like, vandalized her car at work. And then, so she eventually, or, like, her boss tells her to take that, like, leave of absence. So she's just staying with the gargoyles. And then the end of the book is he kidnaps Amelia, her human best friend, and basically is like, come marry me so uh, he can have all of her, like, connections, her family connections, and I will let your human leave. Otherwise, I'm going to kill a bitch. Then the gargoyles come with their, like, demon friend. We don't really talk about him much, but I want to know his fucking story. If I remember right, he's also in the first book. Oh, shit. God damn it. What's his name again? Mo, I think. That sounds right. I know it's M something. Yeah, he, we like briefly are introduced to him earlier in he's the like book. A, a, and then he comes back around. He's he's, he's um, a private detective, essentially. Well, and he's also Elliot's like, not so legal yes. friends. But yeah. he has the ability to teleport. <laughs> Elliot. Yes. <laughs> Talked about putting a hit out on Theo at one point. I love that conversation. I get it. I love, too, that it's, like, he's so casual about it. He's like, yeah. I, I mean, I could do it, but they're, like, they all kind of, like, because I, I was. They've all, like, moved on, and he's like, but I could but do also, it. <laughs> just but, making sure but you also, heard me. I, I could. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so in the process of saving Amelia and Grace trying to get away, Alistair gets hit by a spell. It's essentially, like, a gargoyle coma. You're, like. The longer he's down, the less likely he is to get yep. back up. Uh, I do think, like, the moments of her, like, sneaking up there are cute and whatever. But th- you can tell that this book, whether or not it was intentional or not, definitely, like, feeds it. Gets some of its energy from Beauty and the Beast. A little bit, yeah. Specifically, the 1990s version, the animated version. Like, it's, like, she, she screams at him and then it's like... Oh, you're alive! You woke up, and it's it's the exact same thing as like the the prince like transforming. Also, Goliath breaking out of the. I was gonna say also though that exactly happens in the '90s Gargoyle cartoon mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Yeah. Goliath busts out and she's right there. Oh Goliath! Oh Goliath! I watched that show when I was ten, and I think it's influenced everything about my life since then. <laughs> same. <laughs> same. I don't know. Mine, mine was definitely the uh, the animated X Men. But overall, how did you like the book? It was my suggestion. You're gonna be surprised by this. Like, not to jump ahead to ratings or anything. I gave it a four on Goodreads. It's really a three point five, but we don't have that option on Goodreads. So there you Four's go. Four's about what I would give it. I had a good time. I. So I guess we're at the like Goodreads rating. I gave it a three. And here's the thing. It's not because like I didn't like it. I did. It's going to be on my reread list. There's just some things that took me too far out of it. Well, those are just some things that personally aren't your taste. Exactly. And that's all it is. It's not like, oh, it was written bad or this was like... No, in fact, I, I one of the things I really like <laughs> about this book is uh, so many romance books have not great plots. And this actually had, like, a a pretty compelling plot. Yeah, there was plenty of sexy times and plenty of romance, but there was also a decent plot behind the whole thing, too. And it wasn't just one level, because there was, like, getting to know them, their history, like, the deception of, like, her not knowing there was going to be more than one gargoyle involved. Um, And then, obviously, the whole stalker plot. 
So there was plenty of like non-romance, non-sex stuff happening as well. Mm. But yeah, the only reason I gave it a three is just because like some of the tropes in the book aren't mine, right? No kink shaming, just not my kink. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I sort of feel like I should have given it a slightly lower rating because of one specific thing that we haven't really talked about. I don't think this was the intention of the author. One of the things that I found kind of icky about it is that it didn't feel, it, it felt a little bit like they were fetishizing gay men for straight women. Oh. These men are all in a committed relationship with each other. Like, even Alistair has, like, literally never been with a woman. And it, so it felt very much like, hey, you can have your happily ever after if you can convince gay men to like you. A little bit. Like, I don't think that was the author's intention. No, I don't think that. I don't think so either. That was the thought process there, but it because it is kind of a problem in some circles, there are, I mean, there literally are women who fetishize gay men, um, especially in, like, fandom. It gets really gross. Just look at the supernatural fandom. Uh, it gets super toxic and gross there. Not to shit on supernatural fans. I'm just saying, like, y'all were, like, shipping Dean and Sam together. Ew. Ew. I mean, like, I know they were, but, like, anytime somebody brings it up, I just have to be, like... They're literally brothers. Blood brothers. Right. And so in this book, we have not brothers, but brothers who are all sleeping together. And then a woman comes in and gets to have all three of them. You know what I mean? So it was just like, sort of like, I I get what you're saying about the brothers thing, but we have to remember that Elliot did not join their family until he was... 18. 18? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is still young. Don't get me wrong. Still young. But there's not an actual brothers thing then. No, there's It's not. just like, I moved in and there's some hot guys that I want to fuck. Yeah. And right. it, I wouldn't have a problem they never with it. they call it, themselves brothers. In fact, they quite stress the fact that they are not brothers. Yeah. She, no, but Graham calls them sons. And that's the part that gives me the weirdness. Yeah. I think, I, I get what you're saying, but again, it when you when you start putting the layers of like fantasy on it and she did also do a good job of describing why it's actually common in gargoyle clans for there to be multiple men to one woman Mm -hmm. which is that there are just less females Mm -hmm. in the population but i do agree i did not like that one line or that one part in the first sex scene with alistair when they were talking about it was his first woman and fetish like fantasy fetish about that Yeah. yeah i mean like i said it like it didn't take me out too much, but it was enough that, like, it sort of set me on edge. And I was just sort of like, oh, no, is this the direction that the book is going in? For well, and it didn't. You know? I, that was definitely not yeah. the intention of the author, I don't believe. Right, but right. I, for me, I just always assumed they were bi, all of them. Yeah. I. It's just that, yeah. I guess I assume, like, that's the vibe I got from the very beginning. Obviously, you knew Elliot was because he yeah. started the whole shenanigans. Broderick definitely was because he was like, I want to fuck that. Yeah. Alistair was the only one that maybe like you didn't know for sure right away. Mm -hmm. But again, when they described, when the author described their background of like, this is how this works. Men get together with one woman. In my head, I was just like, this is their culture. Like, this is what they do. Mm -hmm. Well, and then uh, sort of on the flip side of it, there was also, I didn't get this vibe until the end, but it also sort of felt like, 
the part of the appeal of her was wanting kids, right? So, like, the thing that Elliot says, like, oh, they're missing this thing. Like, it almost felt like it wasn't Grace. It was Grace's ability to procreate. And that's where I also got taken out again. And I'm not judging, like, first of all, I like I said, I gave this a four. I rated it, like, my true rating is a a 3.5, right? Personally. So, like, I had a really good time reading this. And I'm not, like trying to shame anybody who liked the things that I didn't like. Um, or even to say that the things that I didn't like are bad things. They're just things that don't yeah, suit me. Absolutely. But as somebody who really enjoys reading, but can sometimes get uh, in a rut where like that do- isn't something that I want to pursue, mm-hmm. which is kind of where I was at when this book, when it was like, Hey, guess what book we're reading? I was like, uh, this book did a really good job of not making me feel like it was an obligation mm-hmm. to read it. Yeah, to be honest, I think I read this book in like two days. Obviously, mm-hmm. I was consuming Same. the fucking thing. I mean, that alone does make me think like, should it be a four instead of a three? Maybe. That's why I landed a 3.5. Because it's like, for me, it's not, will I, pr- I read this again in its entirety? Probably not. <laughs> will I probably read certain scenes over again? Guilty yep, as charged. Same, same. <laughs> so on the note of that, what is the spice level of this book? Uh, I'd say a four. Well, I'm, in, I'm in the four category as well. Yeah. I know there's fives out there that that go a little bit further. Mm-hmm. So this is a, but this is like a solid four. Oh yeah. Like it sits in the four yeah. well. It's got a nice spice level. Like yeah. I would still say this has, it might not be quite a 50-50 split, but it's close of like, non-sex and sex in terms of the the content of the book yeah and anytime you're like where's the sex at it's on the next page she knows when it when it needs like, to be there yep she's very good at that Bitch, you're, I'm like, here. you're like okay you've gotten you've furthered the plot here have a sexy moment yes please thank you yes i has a gift for you it is sexy uh, thank you lillian you thought she was just going to bed Surprise, hallway smut. Oh, and you're like, that hallway smut. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Mm. Well, well, even like the first interaction between, is it Alistair and Elliot or is it Broderick, Broderick and Elliot? And Elliot. I can't remember. The very first one is Broderick and Elliot. Yeah. <laughs> I should do not. I said, it was at this point that Wiggle said, oh no. <laughs> and dope right in. <laughs> There are some moments, because the shit Broderick says to her just to, like, get a reaction out of her sometimes. Maybe that's why I like it, too, is because, like, he rides that line between, like, dirty talk, but not, like, over the edge, where some of what Alistair says is a little uh, too far one direction. For me, again, no kink shaming. You do you. But Broderick just sits in that line of, like, hey, how you doing? The one that comes to mind for me is... Elliot had a lot of fun licking you off me last night. Huh. Jesus. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs> Jesus. I was like, oh, oh, sir. I was like, first of all, inappropriate. Um, second of all, I'll say it again. <laughs> oh, 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 my God. Well, no, I think the thing that I like most about Roderick, though, too, is that, like, he doesn't, like, she describes him so well that he doesn't necessarily have to say anything without you just knowing that he's like sex with yeah. the eyeballs. He's he's giving you the sex with the eyeballs. And you're like, 
Okay. Okay. Okay, Listen. sir. Sir. This is this is aggressive. Stop looking. <laughs> I do really appreciate though a book that gives me both the like the like delayed like hand holding will they won't they oh gosh I don't know mm-hmm. but also right away is like also I liquor cut in the hallway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you get both. Yep. Anyway, yes. um, what about romance? <laughs> I quite enjoyed the romance, 3.5-ish. Uh, I'm sitting closer to a 2, weirdly enough. Huh. I, I, I'm kind of at a 3. Man, usually I'm like the generous like ratings person here. Um, I don't know, I just felt like... I think it was Elliot that brought me out of it. Because it was just like... Mm. It was like too much of an instant connection, and I'm like, mm, let's oh, build maybe. this up a little bit more, yeah. please. Maybe a little more slow burn. Yeah. I mean, we got the slow burn with Alistair, but... For all the lines where I was literally, like, stop it, or, like, cringed, or anything like that, there were also these, like, romantic lines that I, like, I'm hooked on. I had to highlight them, like, a damsel in uh, head over heels in love with some stupid boy. Like, this is how <laughs> stupid I feel. Because, um, like, one of them was, um, someday I'll convince you to make some promises, he teases, drive safe, crazy. I was like, <gasps> that's... That is, like, for an independent woman, that hits the right spot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or, okay, don't be gross. Um, second of all, the, the one that made me like Alice there before the whole alpha thing was, he, this is so sweet. He goes, she likes my voice. I have something going for me in this courtship. Oh. And I was like, oh. see, that's the thing. I need to reread the book again just to get those moments. Because I think it was just, like, a little bit of the shock value at the end that lowered some of my ratings with mm-hmm. the alpha stuff. Again, if you like that, go for it. Just not my kink. I do. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't kink shame. You do you. So you've said <laughs> I'm the one who told you about this book. I liked it. I'm glad you did. I appreciate the recommendation. This was how I shocked them. The first time we were talking about the podcast. And I know for a fact this is nowhere near the spiciest goddamn thing you got on that Kindle. Oh, hell no. You should... We... Um, nope. Maybe don't... Really <laughs> <laughs> uh, let us be surprised. Um, well, I mean, I did read a book called Ten Men at one point. Wait, it's literally just called uh-huh. Ten or Men? it's called Ten Men at one point? Because that's also an interesting name. No, it's just called <laughs> Ten Men. <laughs> just one point <laughs> I meant one point in time not one point <laughs> see what I was picturing was like ten dicks all like wrapped around centered like on one point <laughs> like all just focused on one point oh we are so ridiculous oh, but it's okay this is how it, I die it's, it's not scandalous unless they're touching well, on that note. <laughs> okay, so if you liked this book, ladies, what other books would you, like, f- recommend to people? Oh, God. I would say the, the first of her books, the or the first of this series, which is the Kraken book. Stalked by the Stalked Kraken. by the Kraken. I would say, so there's that one app, is it called Galata? Galata? Whatever. Listen, it starts with a G. Whatever. Find it on your own. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be that hard to find. Um, that, like, nece- not necessarily any, like, of the books. 
Um, but like just the collection in general, it's it's all fits this type of feeling. I will say though that this is written better than that. Oh, for sure. Like if you this is this recommendation is if you want to get to the punchline immediately, <laughs> um, because it, that's pretty much what it is. It's like a preamble to lots of sex. Some of them don't have sex, which is pretty surprising. And you're like, excuse me, this is not what I signed up for. So you do need to be careful for that. So I would recommend uh, The Dragon's Bride by Katie Roberts. Oh, very good. It's very um, good. It is. Katie Roberts, though, is the person who also wrote Neon Gods. Um, if you've read that, some people have mixed feelings about that book. I haven't read it. Me. It's me. I'm some people. I haven't read it, though. So I can't tell you if The Dragon's Bride is, like, written in any, like, similar fashion. I just know I liked that book. Again, it was more of, like, a novella, though. It was super short. Yeah. And then I would also recommend, purely because I have to recommend it, I really don't know if it's overly similar to this. It is still a monster romance. Um, A Soul to Keep by Opal Rain? Ryan? Rain? R-E-Y-N-E. I apologize for not looking at the pronunciation. Is there anything y'all would like to say, final words, about Deceived by the Gargoyles, um, or anything similar to this? I won't be walking by any gothic buildings with trust anymore. <laughs> then I'm definitely going to be walking by some gothic buildings. I was going to say. Like, how you doing? How fun, is, how fun are you? I've walked by them frequently now. Like, how many times? <laughs> Just put her arm around him like... It, Oh, hey, okay oh my gosh y'all let's wrap this up thank you so much for listening to looking for love and all the wrong dust jackets you can find us out there on pretty much all of the socials at wrong dust jackets or just wrong jackets because some don't like long names or you can go on to wrongdustjackets.com and find more about the show there thanks so much for listening good night bye <laughs>